The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. friends, welcome to another episode of the Roto World Football Podcast. I'm Josh Norris, that's Hayden Winks, that's John Daigle. Always. Hayden, how are you, man? I'm doing good. Glad um, got here. I'm a little nervous, okay, because ever since Hayden stepped in the building, mm-hmm. Daigle, I realize we have not seen Ian. Ooh. This is true. Ian's missing from our lives. Do we think it's one or the other, like they both can't coexist? Is there a rivalry forming inside of Roto World already? All I know is I got a text from him yesterday, mid-games, because we usually watch together in the newsroom, and he just had four screens in front of him with, like, his laptop, <laughs> and that's how he was watching from home. So I was like, okay, I guess he's just comfortable for the day. So Have you met Ian yet? I have not met him. Just a social uh, Maybe it'll never happen. Thing. By the Maybe. time we walk out of here, he could be here. Who knows? Well, that's true, but right now I'm just trying to paint a picture of the, you know, some, some infighting here. Yeah, between the two young guys. Right? Yeah, Only there one is can a little competition. Only one can stand. <laughs> uh, okay, so as you all know, the Monday slash Tuesday episode is the big picture episode, mm-hmm. big picture look at the NFL based on what happened uh, in week seven. And it would be awful. We would not be doing our job if we started with another topic other than the Patrick Mahomes injury, uh, which occurred on Thursday night football, a dislocated right kneecap on a quarterback sneak. It's only been, we were talking about this, it's only been like a handful of days since. We already have a multitude of reports that are all over the place. First, Ian Rappaport said that it was a three to five week absence, stretched ligaments, no surgery needed at this time. Then just yesterday on Sunday, Adam Schefter said it was three weeks, quote, if not sooner. And right now, Daigle, we know that Matt Moore is the starter and replaced uh, Patrick Mahomes in that Thursday night matchup, and they still won the game. Yes, and he didn't look too good, but it doesn't matter. He came off the bench cold. How many reps do you really get at practice behind Patrick Mahomes? Uh, one, do we think Matt Moore is an above-average backup in the league, relatively? By that, do you mean, like, can he be a top-20 starter in the league? I'd say no. No. Yeah, I'd no. say no, for sure. Okay. Uh, then we should be concerned. Correct. Definitely. But then again, like you said, we don't have a timeline. I don't worry about this upcoming game so much. We know historically Andy Reid does very well with extra rest. They will have 10 days to prep with a backup quarterback. So not too concerned about the Packers game. After that, though, is when I start worrying. The more and more Mahomes is away, can we still prep Matt Moore with six days, only six days in advance? I think the one thing we can all agree on is it's Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. I think the days of Demarcus Robinson, McCole Hardman, all those guys, dead. dead. Yeah. Uh, and then even going to the running backs, it was kind of a three-man committee last week. Yeah. 
that's also very concerning. Another thing is I'm not sure if Mahomes actually is going to be back in this timeline. Dr. Chow was pretty adamant that this was a very serious injury. Uh, there's a high re-injury rate, and they could decide to ultimately have surgery later on. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think that all these guys are good um, sell highs right now with the good news that's came out since the injury, mm. and I wouldn't want to be risking them. Um, the Chiefs are 5-2. and two. Um, He was also, Patrick Mahomes, dealing with a high ankle sprain yep. prior to this as well. Uh, as you mentioned, it's the Green Bay Packers next on Sunday Night Football, then the Minnesota Vikings, the Tennessee Titans. That's that three-game window. Yes. Um, then after that, it's the Los Angeles Chargers and then the bye week. I mean, if we are not so close to what this injury is and so close to the team, from the outside looking in, we think that, hey, resting him for four games, maybe at that point at worst, I mean, it, it's not a good record, but five and six, hopefully you can win a couple of those games in between there at some point. Um, I, that just makes the most sense. But I do understand, you know, having the reigning MVP coming back as soon as possible. Um, I, but more than anything, and you guys brought this up, I'm concerned what this does for Tyreek Hill. I'm concerned what this does for Travis Kelsey because we're going to still start them, but the ceiling plays might not be there even though he did have a touchdown throw to Tyreek Hill when in the game. And we have no reference really. Like, yes, he had rapport with Kenny Steele's on the outside back in the day, but he spent the entire 2018 season out of the league. Like, what can Matt Moore really do right now. He so. was like in a scouting internship with the Miami yeah. Dolphins prior to this. Yeah, yeah. Then, he was watching Kyler Murray <laughs> at his pro day. Yeah. And then he, then he came back and now he's backing up Patrick Mahomes thrown into the fire. So yeah, it's I I pretty much look to sell Tyreek Hill high, um, whatever you can get for him after that one touchdown, because I just don't think you can go a whole month only Tyreek Hill and that's it. Yeah. yeah, if I'm the Chiefs, you have four games before the bye week. I would definitely wait. I would like to see the Raiders, the Broncos, or the Chargers come out and actually start competing with us in the standings before I rush them back. Yeah, luckily their division is absolutely nothing. I mean, the Raiders are in second place with three and three. Yep. So uh, a, a playoff berth just by way of winning that division is definitely in their sights. Uh, should we move on? Because as we know that Patrick Mahomes is the reigning MVP, he was not going to be the odds on favor because his stats had definitely declined. There was some regression there, dropping from about 50 touchdowns last year to on pace for around 37. Yeah, yeah, 35, 36, 37. This year. So without Patrick Mahomes, Hayden, do you have any one that you firmly believe is in that MVP hunt this year? So I think there's six guys that are in it. Six. six. But, Hayden comes, but Hayden comes prepared Jeez. in his first episode on, you know, in I studio still, for the podcast. You don't have to give notes, but I do want to know six because I only have two in I my literally head. wrote okay. down two names. Yeah, I have two. And that's, that's it. it. So Lamar Jackson, <laughs> Russell Wilson, okay, Dak Prescott. Dak Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk and Cousins, Tom, get Tom Brady. Here. Okay, now wait. There's tears to this. Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson, one, two. And then yes. I think Dak is a third guy. And then af after that, the rest of them fall out. But the issues are Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, their records are going to be awesome at the end of the year. And they're going to be in the mix. Yeah. I think uh, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, and Dak Prescott deserve, deserve it based on their own play. Um, but those other three guys are going to have awesome records. Go ahead, Dave. I, I think it's clearly Lamar Jackson. And when the voters... Uh, go to their podiums and start checking off boxes. I'm not really sure how it works, obviously. But uh, when they submit their names... Hanging chads is how it works. Great. You might be too young for Great. that. I have zero idea what that is. <laughs> <laughs> of course he doesn't. Just uh, a presidential election that was decided by the state of Florida. But other than that... When they go and vote, they will just be like, oh, well, we had a game where the top two candidates played one another, and Lamar outperformed Russell Wilson wildly. 
So I think it's fairly clearly Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, who, by the way, now um, has 310 more rushing yards than the next closest. He's number six in the league in rushing yards with 576 as it stands. And he's well on pace to smash Michael Vick's single-season quarterback rushing record of 1037 um, for over 300 yards. What Lamar Jackson did on Sunday against Seahawks was unbelievable. Yep. And we yep. covered this in the Roundup episode, just how he elevated his team. He carried that team to a victory. Look, that defense is not what it was. No, and no, in fact, with Russell Wilson, the Seahawks defense is not what it was That's either. That's a plus on his resume, though. For sure, for both. Um, but with Lamar Jackson, like, he made plays to Mark Andrews that Mark Andrews did not haul in and, in the end zone. And then in, like, a third and ten situation near the goal line, he gets a false start. No, excuse me, a false start, a delay of game because the center did not snap the football, is irate, and then rather than relying on his other teammates, he rushes for another 13 yards, gets him in a manageable fourth down situation. Uh, the Ravens call a timeout. Harbaugh says, hey, do you want to go for it? Yes, I do. Boom, quarterback power into the end zone. My biggest thing, though, here, Hayden, is this. Uh, I wrote down Russ. I wrote down Lamar because I think both are individual efforts that can continue yeah. as they go along. They have the flashy, the splash plays, the storylines as well. But I also wrote down I don't care. Uh, because I really don't care about the MVP until you said Kirk Cousins is in the race. And I'm not saying, like, <laughs> I'm not one of these people that says Kirk Cousins is bad. I think he's he's above mediocre. Right. And all, this play action has kind of unlocked this offense so far in the last few weeks. But he's, that's not MVP caliber play. Tier three, I will make the case for I will make the case for No, no, no. Dak Prescott, first in completion percentage over expected, first in expected points added per play, mm -hmm. fifth in adjusted uh, passing yards. So, um, and the Cowboys, they can catch fire, and I think Dak's um, by far their best player, and uh, I so hope he stays in the race. We have two bad games from Lamar. I think that have stood out over Russ's two bad games. One that wasn't even bad. He played the Cardinals and he wasn't needed. And then yesterday's game, yeah. who we might have to start questioning how important Will Disley was to the offense because like they actually needed a second receiving threat, a reliable second receiving threat yesterday, and they couldn't find one behind Tyler Lockett. And then uh, three bad games and an offense that we think Jason Garrett took over for get Dak. So... I still take Lamar's worst performances over it, those agreed, two. Agreed. I still take that it's week seven, and by it's week true. 12, who even knows? Not to be a Debbie Downer over here, but like. I'm definitely. I'm just hoping I don't Kellen know Moore. Close, though, besides those, th those three. So. Kellen Moore, if he takes over. Oh, yeah, over here. No, 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 no. We've, we've eliminated like 3,000 names. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to look at it. Uh, you know, those teams are in a very good situation with their quarterbacks. That's not the case for everyone across the league. This is kind of the point I wanted to bring up today. Really the tricky zone at quarterback. And a handful of teams are in it right now. And this stemmed from watching the Chicago Bears yesterday just create nothing offensively. Um, and I, I think <sighs> now this season and even more so moving forward, Matt Nagy and the Bears, Ryan Pace and the Bears are in a very tricky situation with Mitchell Trubisky. Just what, in year, is it year three? I believe, mm -hmm. and he has not progressed. In fact, he has probably regressed, and you can just see the frustration that Matt Nagy has on the sideline in his post-game press conferences that, hey, I am creating these spaces, these gaps, these open receivers, yep. and right now this quarterback who was selected at number two overall cannot hit and create any of these plays at all. And when that's the case, that snowballs when a player has not shown that ability other than as a juiced-up Blake Bortles is basically who he is on the ground. Yeah, I mean, he, he can't make the throws right now. And I think we're at the point where we know Trubisky's not the answer. And what could the Bears do about it? Chase Daniel is 
maybe the same level quarterback as Trubisky. Maybe they can go on the trade market. Um, someone that I'm keeping an eye on is Andy Dalton as a hmm. trade partner. Um, the Bengals need to be tanking. I would like them to take a look at Ryan Finley, uh, even though I don't think he's that great. But get rid of Dalton, and I think that can make, uh, make a little bit of sense for both teams. I've, I've seen that Joe Flacco's name has been thrown around a little bit as well, but that takes two to tango, right? Like, and the money. And the, and the money's a, a big deal. Right. Um, it's, it's kind of like a Madden theory a little bit here with Andy Dalton because, I mean, it's kind of amazing that one Andy Dalton might be an improvement on Mitch Trubisky, but those types of trades don't typically happen right. during the season. It's usually with the backups like we saw from Jimmy Garoppolo a few years ago. I mean, it's still I still pin the blame on the organization's part, though. Not totally. just for drafting Trubisky, but the fact that the way they've handled him in the past two losses, after that Packers loss, he even came out in the media and said that he's not allowed to talk about the game because they're supposed yeah. to look forward. Then this past game after the loss, Nagy said, no, all players have earmuffs on. And blinders. Talk about it. Yeah, and blinders. Yeah, that might be the problem with Trubisky. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Imagine not looking at your mistakes. How do you learn? And, like, they just continue moving forward. And what was arguably his worst performance as a professional. They need to take a, a lesson from the Jaguars who stood too long next to Blake Bortles, even in up and down seasons, mm -hmm. and then finally spent one offseason trying to improve the quarterback position and were able to take away Nick Foles and Gardner Minshew, two improvements on that one spot um, just in one offseason, despite, you know, dragging their feet for previous years. Okay, there are a few other teams I want to hit on. Um, you know how I feel about this, but a lot has been made out there because Kyle Allen is 4-0 as a starter with the Carolina Panthers. Right. Um, and Cam Newton is on the verge of coming back. You know, there are reports, and we, haven't, we don't know about it yet as we record this podcast on Monday morning, if Cam Newton is practicing. Uh, the team does play the San Francisco 49ers, <laughs> which is a difficult time for Cam Newton to return. Uh, Hayden, what's your read on this situation? How would you lean? If Cam Newton's healthy, you play him. This okay. is like the easiest thing in the world. I can't believe we're, we're discussing you this. Think, don't you have 11 points to make, though? No. <laughs> no, sorry. no. We have, well, Kyle, Kyle Allen has beat the Cardinals, the Texans, the Jaguars, and Bucks. Not yeah. exactly yeah. Uh, amazing Four of teams. the worst defenses in the league. Definitely. He did have two solid performances, yes. right? Mm -hmm. Against the Cardinals and then the Bucks prior to the bye. Um, but what really is allowing them to have this stretch of games is how good Christian McCaffrey has been and how good that defense is yep. playing as a top five unit. Kyle Allen isn't making mistakes. He hasn't thrown an interception yet. But in that Texans game, as you know, he had three fumbles. Yep. And if he hadn't avoided that sack that J.J. Watt had, which was the highlight play that everyone remembers, and if Deshaun Watson had hit on just one of those deep balls, that game would have been totally different as well. I think people forget like just the start of the 2018 season, when was really the last time Cam Newton was actually healthy, mm -hmm. how good he was in that first half of the year, and since then, even to start this year, he wasn't healthy at all. He's a Liz Frank injury. You can't throw with a Liz Frank injury because everything starts on the bottom. But you were both saying that you start Cam Newton universally, like you want to start him against the Niners if he's healthy. Because I don't I want know, to I'm, start. I'm a little, I'm a yeah, I, I genuinely I don't want to start him against the Niners. I want to start him the next game, no matter his status. Niners are terrifying yeah. to put your quarterback who's dealing with a foot injury. Like you know, he's going to be under duress. You have to be realistic with yourself. The Niners, who their number four player, like Armstead, is a Pro Bowler. That whole line is like collectively an MVP. They are so good. 
Um, I no longer support the Panthers because Aston Villa has all of my heart. But 10 years ago, someone who did support the Panthers might have said that maybe a perfect case scenario is the Panthers still win this game, but -hmm. somehow Kyle Allen has like three fumbles, looks absolutely atrocious, um, and is the one that starts this game. And then Cam Newton comes in and plays at a healthy level. Uh, Should we move on to another one? What about the aforementioned Jacksonville Jaguars, Nick Foles, Gardner Minshew? Um, it hasn't been the easiest stretch, Daigle, for Gardner Minshew over the yeah. last couple of weeks. Breaking down his tape against the Saints, he was absolutely confused. But the Saints um, have done that to everyone. Correct. And then this past weekend, it was the Jack. It was uh, the Bengals, Bengals correct. Um, he completed less than 50% of his passes. But really, looking at this, Daigle, I'm not sure what Nick Foles would bring to the table that Gardner Minshew doesn't already bring to the table. Correct. And given their pass protection woes, like they're, they're median, they're not bad, but they're not good. Um, it's not a situation you want to throw Nick Foles under center. Uh, Minshew bails you out when you struggle in pass protection. And given that he's a rookie, it's not a situation I would want to move from. Like You would be happy if you get this, not just from a backup performance, but from a developing quarterback. It's like, oh, why do we want to go away from this and stunt his growth right now? I'd be extremely confident moving forward with him. Yeah, I think the Jaguars aren't even in a place to be trying to win now. There's really no point. They're not competing for a Super Bowl. I would just take the long-term view. You have a potential cheap quarterback for four or five years. Yeah. I would want to, or four years, I would want to keep him um, playing to see if I actually have a cheap quarterback over that time. It helps to stick with him this year, and they probably won't, to be honest. But yeah, it, how, how confident are we that the no, Jacksonville Jaguars are going to make the decision that we all believe is correct? Right, and I think the correct decision is stick with them this year, and then you can figure out if you want to get out from the contract. You have a whole offseason to do so. And we, I mean, heading into this season, it seemed like so many teams were confident in their quarterback situation that has kind of dissolved away as we're discussing right now. So mm-hmm. at least a team will want to trade even with his contract for Nick Foles next year. I will say this, even in games where he hasn't had his best one this past weekend against the Bengals, I mean, the Saints was just all atrocious all around. He still made plays to lift the Jaguars to win this game against the Bengals. Like, he offers that. I'm not sure if Nick Foles has that creativity in any fiber of his body that Minshew has overall. Uh, Let's close out this segment with Derek Carr and the Oakland Raiders. I know Derek Carr's numbers, like, weren't bad this past weekend. Um, And, you know, they had previously to the bye, beaten the Chicago Bears. But I think there's a little Matt Nagy, Mitch Trubisky going on here with John Gruden and Derek Carr. And, you know, the MO on John Gruden forever has been uh, he isn't so hot and and loves his players uh, so much on his own roster. He thinks players on other rosters are always better. And I kind of think he's going to flirt with quarterbacks this offseason because this really caps the ceiling with Derek Carr as your QB1. And the Raiders could do it. The, his contract is basically coming up. Um, not, not a lot of dead money. And I think they should have probably taken Dwayne Haskins last year. Um, I think Gruden and them were trying to win now. They had Antonio Brown and stuff uh, on their radar. So I think after this year, you're right that they're going to be trying to move on from him. There's no, there's no point. Yeah, and factor in that they're going to Vegas. Like, you're not taking Derek Carr to Vegas as the face of your franchise. He's building a house next to Gruden, though. <laughs> that, that is true. He's going to have to sell it immediately, though. Do you know what? what's wild is he's pushing De- uh, Drew Brees for the completion percentage for an entire season. What, what do you think record for that? What do you think his completion percentage this year? I mean, this shows you that it's absolutely baloney. It shows he doesn't completion. throw over 71%. 71%. It's 74% so far this season, which is wild. Just eight touchdowns, 
four interceptions. But this offense, Josh Jacobs is the best player on it. Yes. Darren Waller is the second best player on the offense. And Derek Carr can only have those two players operate and function at a high level. And it he cannot elevate anyone around him. And it doesn't bode well when you're dumping off despite having above expectation pass protection. Like their offensive line has been very good despite what I thought was going to happen coming into the season. The Oakland Raiders might be trying to save their quarterback situation over the offseason. Do you need your fantasy football season saved? Look at that transition. Is this a read? Wow. This is a wow, read. I'm going to try to get wow. it correct. Um, the best way to do that is to buy and purchase our season pass. Just go to rotoworld.com slash win, W-I-N, and use promo code NFL30 for 30% off. It started at $20, so 30% off is a nice tick down for that. And if you play DFS, the DFS toolkit, rotoworld.com slash DFS. Again, promo code NFL. I'm used to reading that on Sunday. I thought I was going to have to speak up 30. right now. Promo code NFL30 for that. All right, one more big picture look. Uh, Daigle, you want to talk about the Atlanta Falcons? I mean, I don't want to, but I think we have to because they hit rock bottom against the Rams. Uh, we said on the Sunday show, start all your Rams because you're not concerned about the Falcons' defense. And the fact is, again, they got pummeled by a team that passed for under 80 yards the week prior. Um, just looked terrible hitting rock bottom. And a few notes here. The Falcons, they're right now are league low in sacks, only have uh, created two interceptions, um, bottom six and, blit and, and quarterback hits and pressure rate and yada, yada, yada. Uh, but looking at their defense, the fact is NFL average, 15 million spent on defensive ends. Falcons have 22 allotted there. Uh, NFL average, 9 million spent on defensive tackles. Falcons have 16 million committed there. And then cornerbacks, 1 million above average. So wow. what do they do? They're heavily invested in their defense. And, and they're heavily invested in their offensive line, which yeah. I know I understand injuries, but also not good either. Matt Ryan is the one thing you can hang your hat on. Um, you know, we have Julio Jones' big contract also now coming into the spotlight. You have what should be a more than capable offense in, in competitive games. But it's just... This offense is a complete tank. I mean, everything about this team is a complete tank. What do you do with that much salary cap already allocated what should be correctly? Mm. Yeah, they have no money next year. For, on I don't years. know what I, – I don't know. Aren't they already over the cap yeah. by 10 yes. million? They, have to, they yes. have to be cutting a lot of players. That's wild. Yeah. What do I mean, I'm, do? I'm looking at their draft history, and you go back to 2015 because that's reasonable, yeah. right? That's just a – five years ago, four years ago. Vic Beasley was the first round pick at number eight. I like Trade Vic Beasley. Jalen Collins is after that, and I don't think Jalen Collins is even on the roster. Um, 2016, Keanu Neal, who just cannot stay healthy. He's a major factor, mm -hmm. but he, again, has missed two straight seasons. Deion Jones is a great football player. Um, Tack McKinley, Duke Riley in the first and second round. Isaiah Oliver was a second round pick. And they didn't even start Tack McKinley yesterday because he's on the trade block. They just held him off. And the Falcons, and we know this from going through the draft every year, the Falcons are very organized and have a specific type that they want yeah. because they believe so much that Thomas Dimitrov can find that mm -hmm. and that um, Dan Quinn can mold the explosion into the type of player that they want. What they've been doing with that is failing right. with yes. it more than anything, and that's never a good sign when you are actually following through with the plan of your head coach and GM and it's coming to a one-win season. Well, I think Dan Quinn is probably the biggest reason for that. He's obviously not going to make it into next next season. Uh, after this week, they play the Seahawks in the bye week. That's a possible out for them. Um, but, yeah, they, they need Chris Lindstrom, Caleb McGarry to come in uh, next season, start proving that they're first-round talents. Um, not a lot of cap space. It's, it's pretty dire over there. You've created a situation where you need to rebuild, and you absolutely can't. You, can't. you, have, you have forced the, your hand. And now – 
Matt Ryan is dealing with an ankle injury. It looked awful during the game. I yeah. believe it came out and said that it wasn't that big of a right. deal. It looked yeah. pretty bad. And the schedule, it's pretty difficult. Seattle, Saints, and Panthers. And another situation, another team that just doesn't care at all about their backup quarterback situation. The most overlooked spot on every roster, and no coaches pay attention. Like, only Belichick does. Um, and, yeah, so Matt Schaub gets under center, and we know what's going to happen. <laughs> we, know, we already know what happens when Schaub's under center. Uh, next up is the waiver section of this podcast. As you know, John Daigle writes the waiver column up on Roto World. It is up on Tuesday, midday, morning, something like that. Go and check it out for the full uh, list of players at every single position you need to pick up. But Daigle, let's skim the surface here and let's start with the Detroit Lions backfield with Ty Johnson, who against the Minnesota Vikings stepped in for an injured carry on Johnson, who was seen with the right knee brace on his right knee. Uh, 10 carries for 29 yards, four targets, four catches for 28 yards for the sixth-round rookie. First and foremost, Chase Edmonds is number one. Um, but, one, we are tired of talking about him. You should have picked him up already. Yeah, and when two, I, like, wax poetic about him for so long. And, two, we still have PTSD from yesterday, so I don't want to talk about him at all. Okay. So, Ty Johnson, the next on that list, uh, played 49 snaps once on Johnson exited the game after five carries and 11 snaps. Ten carries and four targets. The clearly back. The situation here and why he'll be ranked behind Chase Edmonds is they also have Paul Perkins and Trey Carson on the <laughs> roster and the practice squad. But they're bodies, okay? These are, this is a team that did UCJ Anderson. Yeah, they're so. warm, they're living. It's like 98.6 And warm bodies actually matter on Detroit yeah. because they, they don't really handle their backfield well. So we have to wait and see if those guys are active. How dare you not even mention J.D. McKissick? Uh, well, J.D. McKissick is still your pass-catching back. His floor is raised in PPR leagues, but I don't think you want to pick him up outside of your super deep leagues. Yeah. And Ty we, Johnson's the guy to own. And we don't know too much about this injury yet because, again, no. we are recording this early on Monday morning, but it certainly did not look good. No. I mean, he was out, knee brace immediately, just looking solemn on the sidelines. Do you have a favorite for that group, Aiden? Uh, Ty Johnson, by default. Yeah, yeah there's, not, there's not a whole lot to work with. Um, we go from a backfield that uh, includes... J.D. McKissick. On a good offense. And others to the worst team in the league. And a bad offense. Uh, and that's the Miami Dolphins with Mark Walton and the Buffalo Bills. I understand, or excuse me, played the Buffalo Bills this past weekend, 14 carries for 66 yards, has the Pittsburgh Steelers next. I, I know that he is now the lead ball carrier on the Dolphins, but Daigle, why are we talking about this? Because he's now the lead ball carrier on the Dolphins. Okay. Uh, no. There are only 32 I of didn't, those jobs. I only mentioned him, hit it on him slightly last week because he was in a three-way timeshare. This is not a three-way timeshare anymore. As they, as they move away, from, but they continue to move away from Kenyon Drake. And I think it's it's still speculation. I think it's pretty clear, though, they're going to trade Kenyon Drake. They're going to get away Probably. from him. They're going to get away from him. But guess who's seeing the goal line carriers? Kalen Blige, yeah. I know. That's all and he Kalen does. Kalen Blige, I'll talk about him, too. Don't worry. Because no. he's taking that role. And arguably, he has more value getting three carries in a goal line That's role. So gross. Probably than Mark Walton does getting 15 <laughs> touches. But, uh, no, Mark Walton, if you're extremely desperate, there are zero running back teams. Like, I started, for instance, uh, I had Rex Burkhead, had to move off him mid-games while blurbing yesterday and grabbed, like, Tony Pollard because I was that desperate in a zero running back. There you go. So, Mark Walton... For guys like me, some, you might need to grab him. You don't know, Josh. There's all sorts of leagues out there. Uh, let's now go to a really, really good rookie who I've absolutely loved oh, yeah. watching this year, Hayden. Um, that's A.J. Brown. Uh, this past weekend against the Chargers, eight targets, six catches, 64 yards. He's had some outstanding weeks. Week one against Cleveland made some big plays. Week four against Atlanta was ridiculous individual efforts, just running after the catch. He's been amazing. Um, Ryan Tannehill is now the quarterback. We know that. And he's kind of, and we'll talk about Corey Davis in a little bit, but he's 
unlock this passing game. Yeah, and I don't expect Ryan Tannehill's 80% completion rate to stick. But it is encouraging that, one, he looked, looked to, not lit, looked to A.J. Brown on a season and career high, eight targets for A.J. Brown. And two, A.J. Brown finally was used in starting sets and two wide sets ahead of Tajay Sharp. Humphreys actually worked over Sharp yesterday. So this is encouraging news. All we've been waiting for, even if Mariota was under center, is for Brown to be a top two receiver in this offense. Yeah. Whatever that may mean. But now it's good because the Titans have the third easiest schedule for fantasy receivers the rest of the way. Hmm. So we can finally jump on A.J. Brown and segue Corey Davis. Talk about Corey Davis then. I mean, he went 7-6, 80, and 1 yesterday against the Chargers. And by the way, both of these receivers and the passing game has a Tempe Bucks next. I mean, that's kind of what it is, right? Like, yeah. they are a sneaky stack against the Bucks, who, again, just continue to hemorrhage points through the air to opposing offenses as a pass funnel. Uh, it, it's just the fact that, one, we have a good matchup. He is now entrenched with A.J. Brown, and Ryan Tannehill brings life into this offense. Like, the fact Ryan Tannehill and Mariota are similar, yes, but the fact that Tannehill just gets the ball out quicker mm -hmm. makes this offense at least somewhat better. A little bit better. So it's positive light for people who need wide receivers. I still rank A.J. Brown over Corey Davis. Um, and yes, Corey Davis has the better resume all around. But also, Corey Davis, we kind of know what he is. Whereas wow. I'm still intrigued more by A.J. Brown. Do you rank Davis over Brown? I go, I go Brown over Davis for sure. He, he looks like a bulldozer out there after the He's catch. Great. Super big. I loved him coming out of Ole Miss. Um, I'm still intrigued by Corey Davis. I'm not going to throw him under the bus yet. Uh, and just, yeah, Ryan Tannehill, he's a streamer this week against the Bucks, obviously, and just rhythm, he threw with some zip, and he's just finding the open guys over the middle. And uh, Yeah, he's at least willing to throw the freaking football. Yep. Yeah, And I, like I think I tweeted it maybe prior to the game or during the game. It just doesn't make any sense to me why, and I understand, I'm not a football coach, and, like, things happen during games, but it seems simple. Why not have your best receiver in A.J. Brown get, like, 10 targets a game? like manufacture these targets to him. Easy. It kind of can be um, because, you know, we hear so much about Marquise Brown and DK Metcalf and Terry McLaurin, three great rookies, and I don't want to take anything away from them, but if A.J. Brown was getting the same volume that those guys were getting, he would be on everyone's list. He has arguably outperformed them on arguably, a yes. third of their touches. Totally. Um, let's go to a tight end situation in the Philadelphia Eagles. That is Dallas Goddard. Um, four targets, four catches, 69 yards, and a touchdown versus the Cowboys. Dig, I want to give you some credit because it might have been last week we talked about how Goddard was a streamer no matter what because he gives you a touchdown floor, touchdown looks at all times. Um, and if Zach Ertz goes down, then he is a every week tight end one. It's because he's quietly been playing 65% of their snaps as they used more 12 personnel since he returned from injury in that Thursday night Green Bay game. And uh, now he's been the number 10 tight end over the past month. He's 11 in targets, number 11 among tight ends and targets in that span. Uh, in a situation, at a position where we just continue, and Hayden knows, Hayden does rankings. Once you hit tight end eight, you give up. It's just like, yep. these are all Jason Witten, Dallas Goddard. These are all the same guys. Yeah. Why aren't you taking the ceiling in that spot? This was the argument I made three months ago when we were doing videos. Like, hey, what tight end, you know, what do you want? I'm, st I'm stopped caring after 10, and I grabbed, like, number 21 overall because he has the higher ceiling. And Goddard now is showing why you can start him every week and accept his floor because it comes with a touchdown 70-plus yard out um, and a top three, top four at the position right. if Zach Ertz is injured. 
yeah, another player that's kind of in a similar situation. Um, he's been performing better of late is Gerald Everett. Just oh, like yeah. you want, you just want if you're picking up these guys that don't have consistent volume, you want the guys that are going to be at least have a chance to score red zone touchdowns. So. Um, Dallas Goddard is definitely a good player. Jared Everett's an interesting one because he was actually Sean McVay's first pick as head coach yep. and compared him to Jordan Reed coming out of South Alabama. Is that correct? I believe he went to South yeah, Alabama, if I'm not yeah. um, mistaken. Yeah, it's. I just can't wait for Deshaun Jackson to get back in this Eagles offense. Like, I understand all Eagles fans are upset after that Sunday night football loss. The Cowboys, they did not play well at all. But I still think this is a talented team. Uh, secondary, not so much. Still think overall mm-hmm. this is a talented team, but it kind of seems like the offense was a little hinged on what Deshaun Jackson could bring to them in week one, and he hasn't been there since week one. This just can't all be, I watched it last night and kept thinking, this can't all be Deshaun Jackson though, right? I know. There's no way. Even Carson Wentz kind of looks undecisive. And yes, like I said, he's actually been doing well given the weapons around him. But I mean, you can't have it tied to one person who runs downfield routes, right? That's not the only reason. But it was an issue last year too, wasn't it? Yeah, and if you look at the next-gen stats data, his week one with Deshaun Jackson, and then the rest of the weeks, zero throws downfield that are being completed. We saw the Nelson Aguilar one oh where gosh, I, I mean, I'm not going to bag on him too hard because he's a USC boy, but <laughs> he just needs that 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 piece to come back. I think Carson Wentz, if you're if you own Mahomes, sending a trade offer for Carson Wentz makes some sense. If Deshaun Jackson returns, everyone's kind of over this offense. Um, this is probably the time to buy low. On. Let's close out with a quarterback who, in the Sunday morning Roto World Live show we suggested to everyone to pick up because his schedule is absolute cake as the season goes along. We're recording this again before Monday Night Football, so we don't know what happens to Sam Darnold here. Maybe he completes one pass. Who knows? Sorry, Corey Griffin. Uh, But the schedule after that game is the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's the Miami Dolphins, the New York Giants, the Washington Redskins, the Oakland Raiders, Cincinnati Bengals, and the Miami Dolphins. Once again, Daigle, it can't get any better than that. It does not get any better than that. Did you stop? Oh, you stopped at the Dolphins. And afterwards, he plays the Ravens, too, by the way, after the Dolphins. Once again, so maybe it can get easier than that. Uh, And for those who lost Mahomes, Darnold's uh, rostered in only 33% of Yahoo leagues. So he's out there. And that league we play in with Silva and uh, Pat and Nick and everyone. There's a little cheat you can do, by the way. What? If you did not play your uh, someone on your bench and you don't want them, let's say it's... I don't know, Kenyon Drake on your bench, and you just don't want to use him anymore. You can already get rid of him and pick up someone from that Monday night game. So right now, if Sam Darnold is available, you can, and you don't have to go through the waiver process. This podcast will hit before, like, while that game's on. Probably. So, so you're listening right now. So, be so quick. yeah, so, so <laughs> the phone. do that now. Get on the app. And, and that's something to keep in mind moving forward that if someone's playing in those Sunday night or Monday night games, you can already replace them by someone on your bench. Um, yeah. That's smart. That, that I was going to say that I picked him up last week and I. Am not the person who stashes quarterbacks whatsoever, and I stashed him just because yeah. I know his bye weeks out of the way, barring injury, I'm starting him the rest of the season. I don't have to worry about it at all. Hayden, yeah. same thing. Yep, same same thing. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's a USC boy. I thought you might have something to say. Maybe I some, did take a class with them. Yeah, maybe some nice same Darnold stories. <laughs> Is he a nice guy? Yeah, uh, him, Adoree Jackson in my uh, sports journalism class. Okay. So, yeah. Not the Josh Shaw stories. Uh, no one. <laughs> I have some videos, uh, YouTube videos, Uh-oh. with Juju Smith-Schuster at a frat party. Uh, well, okay, that's it for that's the Rotor right. Rotor <laughs> podcast this week. Uh, We're done. Daigle, uh, Hayden's here all week, and we'll be back here for Rotor World Live. Again, uh, we'll be back with an, another episode on Thursday and Friday. Maybe we'll have a few more details from Hayden Winks on those. Uh, hit that subscribe button, rate and review the podcast. 15 seconds, that's all it takes. It really does help us out. Talk to y'all soon. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? 
also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.